Hey y'all, I'm Tara Royer-Steele, and welcome to the Jesus Pie and Coffee podcast, the place where we have real conversations over pie and coffee. Okay, y'all, you guys are in for a treat today. Today, I visited with my new friend in real life, Kim Weir. She just recently wrote a book called The Art of Friendship, and um, that was my favorite conversation. Don't tell anyone else that was on the podcast, because those are all my favorite conversations, too. But there were there's so many nuggets in this conversation of how to cultivate friendship, how to... Um, when you're stuck, when you're lonely, when you're frustrated, when you're mad because someone hurt your feelings, um, when you're disappointed, and little tools to um, help you get back to what God created relationships for. So pull up a chair, join the conversation, and enjoy. Hi, Brent. Hi. <laughs> it's good to see you. You too. Um, this is, I'm excited to talk to you. Thanks. Um, this okay, y'all, this, huh? This will be fun, although you have pie and I don't. So that I, don't, I really don't cool. have any pie, <laughs> I, but no. I am in a serious like cooking, like creative funk, not funk. That's not a good word for it, but I am in a creative like mood, I guess. I like funk too, meaning like I'm in a funk, so I'm going to go bake. Like, that's what I meant. So oh, wow. as soon as I'm done talking with you, I have like 10 ideas that I have to get off my head. So it's like okay. God doesn't like, he's like, you can't let go of these yet. So you go do them. So I'm going to go do those later. And I'm okay, excited. Good for you. So that's how you process. You cook? I love cooking. Yes. Art and cooking and gathering. Yeah. Very fun. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna um, cause I don't want to miss any of these conversations, so I'm just gonna introduce you and start this out, okay? Sure. Um, or you know, you could. Inter- I'm gonna have you introduce yourself. But y'all, this is my friend. Well, we've never met in real life, actually. We haven't, right? No, but real life now is via. I mean, link. <laughs> we have because we've seen each other face to face on the computer. That's right. That's real life anymore. <laughs> Okay, yeah. this is my friend Kim Weir. She's from what well, you you're from Nacogdoches, the oldest town in Texas. Thank you for saying it correctly. Oh, Most how do people, people say people it? Can. Nacogdoches. Oh, if if you're not from Texas, who knows how you would say it? It's hilarious. So I watched a, a an interview. Uh, they were doing a little uh, montage before Clint Dempsey. Uh, soccer match and they had all these celebrities walk up and try to say it in front of the screen and it was embarrassing they should go home that's hilarious well we get I guess we don't get it no one says anything wrong about round top the one thing they do the few things they do is they put it together as one word and then they also confuse us with round rock and I was like not even close not even close no not even close. Well, we, we probably both love being from unique places. So it's yeah. home, right? It's I don't home. think I've ever really driven through Nacogdoches. Maybe I have, and I just don't well, realize you, you got to be coming over here for a reason. It's way out of the way, and there's nothing else around us. <laughs> You've got to be going to Nacogdoches <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> okay, so um, tell me a little about, about you. Introduce yourself. Tell me about your what your life is like on a daily I know it probably looks different every day and about your family sure yeah it does look different every day but that's what I love about it I get mm-hmm. bored easily <laughs> so having lots of different things to do well so I've raised my four children kept them alive launched them out so I've got 20 somethings out all uh, successfully taking care of themselves financially so I Ooh, consider that you're a winning yeah. So we've got two daughter in loves and they've been popping out those babies. So I've got four grand girls, uh, one set of twins. So family life, you know, they, they don't live at home anymore. Um, and so I miss them terribly, but it's a delight to see them off building lives. And so that's kind of fun. So that's where we are. I've been married for 33 years. So my husband is a small business owner. We've been in Nacogdoches for 40 years and this is our life. This is what we love. Um, I, because I love Jesus and I love women and I love chocolate. It just stands to reason that I would dive into women's ministry. Mm -hmm. And so that's really been my life for a lot of years. I direct local women's ministry. I am a Bible teacher. 
I have the joy and the privilege of getting to travel and speak to women about Jesus things in their life. And I'm a writer, I'm a humor columnist, and then I host talk radio in Houston every week. I have a live two-hour talk radio show, so I get to talk to people from around the country who are wise and winsome, and I learn so much from them. So I'm a learner and I'm a teacher, and I guess that sums it all up. Oh, I love that. Okay, so do your kids live by, nearby? Do you still no, get to see them? Okay, they sorry. don't. They're, they've kind of scattered around Texas. I feel like we're, we've got this diamond thing going. So I'm in East Texas and we've got uh, one son in Houston, then a son and daughter in Austin, and then a son and daughter-in-law in Denton. So, you know, it's, uh, I have done the triangle thing on a weekend, you know, oh where you goodness. try to make it to everybody, but um, yeah, with, with phones and things, it's good. I talked to my daughter this morning and, you know, thank goodness for, for technology you know, it curses us in some ways, but I'm just really thankful that I can stay connected with my kiddos that way. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I just how, yes, it's a curse. And then I'm like, yeah, but man, it's such a gift too. It's such a gift, such a gift. Yes. Okay. So, um, I don't even know where to start. Where do you want to start? You, what do you tell us about, man, your, um, what is your talk radio show? Oh my goodness. Well, it's called Sunday Night Live and uh, because it is live and it's on Sunday night, but I, it's just very, um, a lot of humor, a lot of just digging into what life is about. So I just, I had three guests a week. Um, last night we had uh, Supergirl Sunday on a Sunday I, night. I saw who you had last night. Yeah. So it's Sheila Walsh and yeah. uh, Jenny Donaldson out of California and uh, Sherry Hunter out of Chicago and just really incredible women who have learned the joys of walking through really hard things with Jesus mm -hmm. and were willing to share transparently about it. And there's just so much to learn about friendship and prayer. And uh, I think we talked with Jenny about rest, that thing that is so elusive to all of us. And so, yeah, so many great conversations and so much to learn. And I love that we get callers to call in and share their thoughts. And so it's just a good time. But I think you know, one of the things, one of the reasons I wanted to write about friendship is because whether it's on the radio or whether it's in women's ministry or going and speaking to women's groups, I hear the same thing that women are struggling to find authentic connection. And that leaves them at a deficit in a zillion different ways, not just loneliness for a companion, but there are all these things that friends do in our lives that there's no substitute for. And when we find ourselves isolated, or lonely or disconnected or only in shallow relationships, we're deprived in a lot of other ways that we give to each other. And I think that is why I wanted to really try to reach women in a more personal way. So I love radio. Um, I love, I've got a, a new podcast coming out called The Art of Friendship, but there's something about having, you know, a, a book in your hands so you can think and you can ponder and you can ask the Lord about it and, you know, share it with somebody else and, um, I've had my own struggles for sure. And that's generally, I think, where wisdom comes from, right? Right, <laughs> so, yes. Previous failure and walking through with the Lord and uh, growing in your own ways and then being able to say, man, if, if this is my story, I bet it's somebody else's story too. Oh, sure. So that's, that's really, I think, what I'm passionate about these days. So where can someone go hear your radio show? So KSBJ is, I love it. They're such a powerful station. Um, of influence in the country, not just in Houston. Right. Um, what they do, a lot of other stations then follow. But ksbj.org is the uh, website and they stream live all the time. So if you happen to link in and listen to their live stream from seven to nine on Sunday nights, you'll get to join the chick chat. Um, but it, and it's not a show for women. It's a show for everyone. Um, and so, but the thing is, the things that are important to women are really pretty much important to everybody. Oh, sure. The husband should be listening. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> tune in, people. Tune in. That's right. So did you have a lot of call-ins last night? I mean, I bet a bunch of women were like so happy that, sweet. Yeah, yeah we There's had a, a handful. For me to be. We had a handful. We got to give away some books, which is always fun to yeah. callers. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's so funny. Of course, the first two people to call in on our sort of special episode of Supergirl Sunday, because we kind of did exclusively women issues, which we don't usually do. And the first two callers were men. <laughs> There you go. That's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah. um, I have to, growing up in Houston, 
Um, all we could ever listen to was KSBJ. Like that's the only station my parents would ever let us listen to, KSBJ. <laughs> so I like grew up. I still listen to KSBJ. Yeah, they've got some great people there. They do. Okay, so I was gonna ask you about um, how your book started, and obviously you start you touched on that. Like what in- what inspired you to write your book? Um, yeah, my my own failures. My my own failures. I think it started a few years back uh, when I had my own sort of come to Jesus moment about relationships. I, I had, we had gotten really busy. I think a lot of, a lot of you can probably relate to this. You know, our kids hit junior high and high school. We had a house full. We wanted to be the family where other people's kids mm-hmm. came. We didn't want ours going out. So we, we made a kid friendly environment an open door policy. Well, that takes a lot of time and effort, a lot of focus. You know, you really, you got to be present. And so, you know, we pulled back on other things and without realizing I really pulled back on my own relationships. I pulled back on my own friendships. My husband and I weren't seeing people like we used to as a couple and my kids, people became my people for many years. And it's not that I wasn't doing Bible study or wasn't going to church and being involved. Wasn't, I was still traveling and speaking. I was doing those things, but I wasn't investing in people and I really wasn't letting people invest in me mm-hmm. um, because it just was so time consuming. And so we got through that season and, you know, I was kind of muddling through. I had one or two close friends and wasn't feeling the, the deprivation as much because I was still pretty busy. We got close to the time of my son's, my oldest son was getting married and still had, you know, kids at home. Um, and about that time, this, this dog that we love died. We're, we're pet people. <laughs> so we Me have too. had, we got all kinds of pets, llamas and cats and dogs and dagoos and a what? Spare- what's a dagoo? It's a, it's a rat like creature. Oh, um, okay. I don't so, like that. That's why I don't have chickens anymore. <laughs> I've never met a pet. I didn't want or want to adopt. So anyway, uh, but, but one of the favorites was uh, Frodo, who's a great Pyrenees dog, beautiful, wandered up half dead and got adopted into the menagerie and we loved him. The neighbors loved him. He walked with everybody. You know, we had him for about 11 years. Well, one night he went to sleep and he didn't wake up, mm-hmm. just passed away in his sleep as an old dog. And I write a local newspaper column. I've been writing for 20 years. And so I wrote about it that week. And not long after that, I got a piece of fan mail and I'm like, fan mail. I never get fan mail. Well, I still didn't get fan mail. It was basically for my dog. <laughs> it was a neighbor who was uh, who had kids who came to visit from Houston, and it was them. It was these out-of-towners who wrote to say, hey, we read the column. We just want you to know we love your dog. He walked with us, and, you know, he was such a blessing to us. It was like a friend every time we passed by your house. And it really was sweet, but it was so convicting because I didn't know these people. Mm-hmm. I didn't know their parents, my neighbors. Matter of fact, I really didn't even know most of my neighbors anymore. And, you know, there's nothing more humbling than realizing your dog has more friends than you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we were about to head into this wedding season. And now I'm feeling so self-conscious. I'm thinking, well, I don't have any friends. Nobody's going to want to come to these wedding showers. Nobody's going to want to be my friend anymore. I, I haven't seen people or spent time with people. So the voice in my head is now running this this insecurity type of how nobody likes me, everybody hates me, I'm going to go out and eat worms. And, uh, you know, it, I, a friend encouraged me, yes, you do know people, you know, the story unfolds. The bottom line is, it was really a wake-up call for me to say, there's got to be more to relationships than just, you know, people to go out to dinner with and worrying about whether they'll come to your shower. And so that really set me off on a journey of trying to understand what, what is it that God created friendship for? What's the purpose of it? What have I learned? And a lot of that then I've been able to share with other people. But that was really the genesis was my own realization of how lonely I had become, what a bad friend I had been to other people, how I didn't know how to even get back into relationships. And if I did, how could I keep from making those same mistakes and really gaining the most from friendships that I could and giving the most? And it it was a gosh, such a great journey and still on it, of course, but I learned so many things that were completely paradigm shifting to me when I started digging into God's plan for friendship that I'm like, why has nobody ever told me this before? How could I not know this? It seems so obvious when you look at scripture. And so 
I, I really just wanted to share that with other people. Well, I have to tell you, um, I have, I had, I had a copy of your book, The Art of Friendship, and one of the girls at Bible study saw it sitting on my table, and she's like, um, can I borrow this book? Because I'd like to read it. And of course, I was like, what was I going to say? Heck no, you can't, because what kind of friend would that be? So I was like, so I borrowed it out, and I haven't gotten to read it yet. Oh, well, I'll send you one, sister. Oh, well, I would like to have it back, but if you'll... I guess I don't I'll send you a copy and she can keep it. She can keep that one. That's a good friend right there. That's there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So if someone was struggling right now, like someone that's listening, what would, and going where you, not less, you could, there's so many different ways to look at friendship where you could be struggling. I don't have any friends. And then the one, like, because they're just stuck and lonely. And sometimes you do have to peel yourself off the couch and go out and, yeah. There's that way. And then there's the way that where you felt um, that you didn't, you had isolated yourself because you were pouring into your kids and your family and those kids around you. And I get that part because our house is an open door and I do have to get to the point where I'm like, okay, children, um, I need y'all not to come in anymore. It is (laughs) five o'clock on Sunday. I got a life too. I got a life too. Yeah. Y'all go home so that you can keep filling you up. But maybe that wasn't happening for you. You guys like just stopped everything. And I was all in sister. I'm an all or nothing kind of girl. Yes. Well, I guess I'm not the nicest. I'm like, no, it's time for you children to go home. Please. Oh, I didn't say it was healthy. I just said it is. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Because that's an inspired your book. I can't get the redo. Yeah. So I do think, so here's the thing. You're right. There are a thousand different reasons why we could be lonely. You might've just relocated Mm -hmm. and you don't really know how to get back in or you haven't had the chance and you've been too busy. You're doing a lot of, you're working a lot. And so you're, you don't have really an avenue right now where you're around other people other than work people. Um, You could have some health issues. You could be having relationship issues in your home uh, or other crises that are making you pull in because right now you're just processing. You could just be in a busy season like I was. There are as many of us as there are women, there are different scenarios for how we get lonely. But here's the reality of it. Most women that I've talked to are lonely. Mm -hmm. They may not have put that word on it. Maybe they've just put, I feel stuck or I just, I wish I had somebody to share with. But the reality is there is this sense of loneliness in all of us. Now, it, you may not be in that now, but this is the thing about it. It comes in seasons. Sure. It ebbs and flows. Um, and I think one of the most dangerous things that we can do, Tara, is find our way to being at peace with it, to make a truce with loneliness. To, well, you know what, though? I'm okay. I'm fine like this. It'll be fine for now. Or I'm okay by myself. I really don't. I'm an introvert anyway. There are all these reasons that we give. All these labels. That we Right. So that we're just sort of, I'm at a truce with it and we don't make the effort. But here's the thing. It's not just uncomfortable to be lonely. It's actually dangerous to be lonely. There are all these studies out now that say that being lonely is actually more detrimental to your health than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It's more detrimental to your health than, to your health than obesity. Uh, There's an Australian study where they found that uh, people who are in their later years, those who have a network, not just one friend, but a network of friends with significant depths to it. You know, that in other words, you're not just people that you know, but people who are friends live 22% longer than people who don't have significant relationships. And there's a reason for all of this. This is fascinating. So the study concludes now, we don't know really why this is true. Well, read your Bible people because God will tell you why it's true. It's true because he literally created us with a DNA for friendship. He created us in his image. Okay, what's part of his image? He is part of an us relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He doesn't explain how he can be one God with three and that he's in community with himself, but he is. And he said, let us make man in our image. And then when he made one single solitary man, he looked at everything else he'd made, all the billions of things that he'd created in that six days. And he looks at the solitary man and out of everything he made Tara, the only thing he said is not good was man being alone. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he made him in his image. He made him to be part of us. And so he makes him a helper. He could have made him anything, but he actually made a relationship that was a helper. Now, yes, there is application there to male, female relationships and uh, marriage and all that kind of good stuff. But there's also application there to the kind of power um, and Uh, intentionality and purpose to being with other people. 
Um, and so why, why are we less? Why is it dangerous to us? Why might we die earlier when we are alone? Because we weren't created to be that way. We were created to be in relationships and not just any kind of relationships, but Jesus who then comes in God in the form of man actually explains it in depth why we're to be in friendship. Can I tell you about that? Yeah, please. Okay, I don't want to monologue, but but this will kind of give us a place to start, I think. So Jesus, as he's walking with his, his uh, companions, and he's trying to help them understand who he is and what their relationship to him is like, it's in John 12. He says to them, he said, look, I want you to love other people the way I've loved you. And then he says, here's how I loved you. Greater has love. There's no greater love than if you lay down your life for a friend. And then he says, you are my friends if you do what I command. He said, I don't call you a servant. I am calling you my friend. And here's how you know that you're my friend. I tell you the things that my father has told you. I'm transparent. I tell you secrets. I Basically, I let you in. And then he said, um, not only that, he said, not only do I lay down my life for you, not only do I tell you transparently all of the things that are not disclosed to other people, he also said, now know this too. I chose you, you didn't choose me. I went first. This is, so here he's given us this great model for friendship, transparency, laying aside your own priorities, laying aside yourself for others and your willingness to initiate. And this is what he said. Now you go and be friends with other people the way I'm friends with you. Hmm. And right there in a nutshell is how do we have meaningful, life-changing, authentic, life-sharing friendships that fill up that DNA spot in us that we were created for, we do just like Jesus did in that model. Oh, I think, yes, I love, I love the insight of, I mean, I know that, yes, we're not created to be alone. And I know that he, you know, he created that helper, um, which I love that whole, that's another talk on um, breaking down helper and para, you know, paralegal have you ever done all that breakdown um but um okay so um if someone is I mean how would you suggest to someone that is isolating themselves or that is struggling what would you what steps would you um give them to get out of isolation or to move forward so they don't stay stay there Well, I I say one of the first things is to step back and analyze how did I get in this spot where I'm isolated, whether it's emotional isolation, physical isolation, whatever it is. Um, Because I think the first thing is so that you're guarding yourself against that. One of the things that we haven't talked about that I think is for a lot of us as women, a real um, restrainer to us initiating and getting into relationships. And that is this whole concept of how we see ourselves. You know, I talked a little bit about um, listening to that voice in my head that was saying, nobody wants to be your friend. Mm -hmm. You haven't been around for them. We all have a voice in our heads, all of us. Now it, it can be something from our past. It can be, uh, you know, the voice of our mother who was critical. It can be the culture that is constantly telling us to compare ourselves, but we have this voice in our head that is constantly self-criticizing and um, it keeps us from being able to move forward. It changes how we view other people because of how we view ourselves. So I would say probably for 90% of us, one of the things that really needs to be dealt with is friending ourselves, being able to see ourselves the way God sees us, listening to what he says about us, um, And so like, so in Proverbs 19, uh, eight, it says, whoever gets sense loves his own soul. That's a great place to start. Do you love your own soul or are you tolerating yourself or worse? Do you despise yourself? So many people will say that voice in your head is healthy because it, you know, it challenges you. It's not healthy. If it's a critic, if it tears you down, if it shames you, That's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. That's not helpful because God never corrects us. Even if there are things about us that need to change, God's spirit does not shame us and tear us down. Instead, he woos us. Yes, he convicts us, but he also calls us forward. And so spending time in God's word to just say, Lord, what is it that you say is true about me? It's one of the things that 
I actually spend some time doing in the book is helping you walk through some scripture that make you really face yourself before the Lord and, and begin to love yourself again, because you will always, if you don't, if you don't, you will do one of two things. I think Tara, you will either continue to withdraw or you will be looking for somebody else to make you feel better about yourself. Right. And that is an endless bottomless pit. Right. You'll never be able to get somebody else to fill you up, to make you feel better about yourself. If you simply refuse to believe what God says about you and love yourself, you know, love your own soul. So I think that's the, the, the starting point. How do I feel about myself? What do I need God to change about my own view? How can I learn to love me the way God loves me to see myself the way he thinks you're awesome. He thinks you are wonderfully and fearfully made. You are a pearl of great price. You're his treasure. You are the one he goes after. You are the one he pursues. You're the one he chose first before you chose him to dwell on that and think about that and really come to the conclusion that's true is listen to me, sister, you are great friend material. There are people out there that need you. You are God's gift to them until you believe that truth. You're still going to struggle in relationships. So I think that is the first place to start. And then after that, I think it's a matter of um, also educating yourself about what friendship is and what it's not, because um, we head toward disappointment when our expectations aren't set right. So I don't know if you, have you ever had that experience where you were really disappointed in a friend? Um, <clears throat> you may yeah, I won't names. call out any names this week, but <laughs> you yes. may withhold names. Uh, yes, learning to um, yes that we're human and. Um, I think things that have really helped me process all of that um, are when I really, well, of course, it's all about me doing the inner work for myself. And that it's hard when you have to, you have to really stop and step back and be like, okay, I'm going to have to do this hard work so that I can get back to who I've been created. Because then you, um, you're, you're angry because of a friend, you're lonely because of friends you put up these boundaries these guards you've added all these layers because the world has added all these layers and you've forgotten exactly who what god says about you and um it's like you said the inner critic it's so for me it was just always easier to i just believed all the things that everyone was saying because they're my friend right so because they said those things it has to be true right and so um then you just downward spiral and of course that's where the devil loves to get you. I mean, I think that's the thing about loneliness is that's where the devil's got you. He's so happy that you're sitting in a corner and, and he knows where to, he, he knows, ex he knows what he's doing, you know? And so, um, that's where I think loneliness is so dangerous. Um, and so I think yeah, I for, love that. Yeah. I was going to say, I love that illustration because you were describing that, that isolation, you know, we're called these, these sweet lambs of God, but we're also warned that there is a, yeah. a prowling enemy out there. Mm -hmm. And if you look in nature, you know, what's the vulnerable one? It's the one that gets separated from the pack right. <laughs> that, that uh, the wolves go after. Yes. And um, there are so many pictures in nature that are so true of human nature too. It's the weak ones. It's the isolated ones that become the most vulnerable to an enemy that wants to make you um, doubt God's love for you. That makes you doubt your own um, value as a person. And so, you know, there are so many reasons that don't separate, don't isolate, you know, don't, don't be the stray. Yes. Even when people say things, I'm like, they're the things that people are saying to you, like those, unless those people are speaking those things in truth and kindness and love, then those people are not your friends and the people that you want in your pack to be running through this world, no. you know, those ones that are um, tearing you down and uh, speaking those words over you. Those are, those are not, um, those aren't your people. And those are not your people. Those are not your people. And, and, but then, but those are the people that cause you to isolate yourself, you know? So, um, I mean, I know that hurts that I've had in my past where those triggers, where those wounds started, where that seed was planted, um, and I let it grow because I kept watering it because I was like, well, it's true. So I watered it. And um, so going back to that, where that truth, where that um, lie started, not truth, you know, going back to that place and being able to see Jesus sitting there with me through that whole time. Like if you can go back, sit real quiet, read, read your book, Art of Friendship and, and 
do the work that you have in the book um, and read the scriptures and just and, and go back to where you're like, this is where that person. I mean, I was 13 and I that was <laughs> 31 years ago. And I can remember the time, the place, the person that I haven't spoken to since. And I remember words spoken over me and I, and that's where the lies started in my head. And so I can now have, you know, gone back and be like, that was straight up crap. Okay. And I can say that because it's my podcast, but, um, yes, you can. And that was a very clean <laughs> word, um, <laughs> um, that Jesus was right there with me. And he was like, I'm really sorry that they said that to you. I did not speak those words to you. I would never say anything like that to you. And um, that he never left me through it. But of course, then the, the, the devil's over there going, ha ha, they said those things to you. And it's just, it's a, it's, it's a, it's yeah. a hard struggle. It's a hard place to be, especially, well, at my age, that was when I was 13. So, um, well, it's so funny how many of us carry the wounds of childhood. Yeah. For me, my friendships as an adult, as Big Kim, were all affected for many years mm -hmm. from the relationship wounds I had as Kimmy, the little girl who went through. But here's the interesting thing about, and th that voice in your head that says, that repeats those lies over and over again as if they are truth. Here's the good news about that. Yes, yes they are the words that somebody else spoke. Correct. But at this point in our life, it's our voice, right? It's right. our voice saying those words. And that's good news, actually, because if it's our voice saying those words, we can change what's in our mind. Mm -hmm. We can change the words that are in there. We can stop that voice from being the self-critic. We can tell that voice it's a liar and we can make it stop. That's the good news. Yes. It may be an echo of the past, but it is currently my mind and my words, which gives me control over what tape I let play over and over again. And sometimes it's not as easy as just stopping it, nope. but it is possible to replace it with something better. And that's the key, you know, to just say, I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to believe it. That's great. But in the absence of a vacuum, what's going to echo? Those are the words that's going to echo. That's why it's critical that you know what God says about you, that you saturate yourself in the truth, not so you can build yourself up, puff yourself up and, you know, make yourself believe something false, believe what's true. Take God at his word about what he says about you. Don't think that he won't discipline you or speak words of correction over you when it's needed. He's not like that. He's not an overindulgent parent like I was. He yes. is going to speak truth, but it will be with gentleness and with love and with winsomeness. And it will be for your good and your correction and your betterment. Um, those are words you want to hear. What does it say in, in Proverbs that the wounds of a friend can be trusted? Why? Because the friend is trusted. So, I, I mean, I know we've talked about this now for a few minutes, but until we can wrap our brain around what's true and silence the lies of the past that now we are saying to ourselves, we got to stop blaming the people in our past because yeah. they didn't follow us. Um, it really is us now. We got to let it go and we got to own that. And if we don't, again, we're going to sabotage every relationship either by being too needy or by being too cynical. And if you look at the relationships you've had, say, in the past five years, ask yourself, how many of these were affected by what I believe in my head that is related to something in the past? So, you know, if that's the only thing you get out of this conversation, that you would go to I, the I Lord. I think that's your that one thing. If you take true, that one man, thing Man, right you there. win. <laughs> yeah. I think that's you, your you one good takeaway. There's a lot of good <laughs> takeaways, but that's a good one. And I think that's a good way to even, um, it, um, it answers the question that I asked, like, hey, look back at relationships and, and, um, so, okay. So you have a podcast coming out too. So you're going to be do. talking about the art of friendship all the time on a podcast now, huh? We're going to be talking about relationships all the time. So here's the interesting thing about friendship. Um, and, and you know, when, when Jesus said, go love as I love, he used the word agape and there are, he had five choices of words he could have used. He could have said, I agape you, which is this divine, unconditional, a uh, supernatural kind of love that God has for his people. He could have said, I agape you, now you go phileo, you know, you go uh, uh, arrows. He could have used any other word, go romantic, love other people, or go, you know, just brotherly love other people. He didn't. He said, I agape you, now you go agape others. Oh my gosh, could you have asked us to do something a little easier, Jesus? 
And so it, we don't get off the hook. He's asking us to do something big and divine and supernatural that will depend on him because mm -hmm. he's the source of agape. So then it's sort of like, well, what does that look like? Okay. When you're thinking about how will I do this? You want to go, is there an instruction book for that? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Yes, there is. So 1 Corinthians 13 is what we consider the love chapter, right? You heard oh at God, weddings heard and we always think morning, about it in love, morning. all this kind of stuff. Well, guess what? It's agape. This is what agape looks like. This is not what Eros romantic love looks like or phileia. This is not what family love looks like. This is what agape, God kind of love. And what is God kind of love? It's friend love. He says, I'm your friend. I agape you with friend love. So now look at 1 Corinthians 13 instead as an instruction manual for how to be a friend to other people, how to agape friend love them. So what does it look like? Is it selfish? Is it self-centered? Or is it about me finding somebody just to hear all my junk and think I'm wonderful and fabulous? It's not. It's about being like Jesus. It's about sacrificial love. So listen to it this way. Friend love is patient. Friend love is kind. Being a friend loves in a way that doesn't envy your friend when good things happen to her. Boom. Friend love does not boast. Friend love isn't proud and showy off. Friend love doesn't dishonor others like by gossiping and telling their business. Friend love is not self-seeking. It's not about how, you know what? She's not being a very good friend to me. It's not self-seeking. Friend love isn't easily angered. It's not offended every time somebody says something you don't like. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs running in the back of your head. Friend love instead rejoices in truth. Friend love always protects a friend, always trusts a friend, always hopes for the better, and perseveres even when a friend relationship is difficult because friend love never fails. Think about that. There's your guide to what friendship looks like. But back to what I was saying a moment ago about relationships. In every element of almost all of our relationships, there's an aspect of that kind of friendship, isn't there? I sure. mean, if you're married, don't you want to be a friend to your spouse? Yes, you want to have romantic love. I hope you have some, you know, slinky negligees and I hope y'all do little romantic-y things. But Ultimately, what's going to endure the friendship you have with your spouse? You know what? If you've got parents and you're an adult, don't you want to be a friend with them now? Mm -hmm. I'm a, a mom of adult kids. I got news for you. I want to be a friend to my kids. Mm -hmm. I want to be a friend to my coworkers. I want to have a, a, an element of friendship with a boss. So there are all these ways. So on the podcast, as we're talking about friendship, we're talking about all relationships, really, because all relationships have to have that element of agape love to them. And so, um, you know, as you're thinking through what a relationship looks like, figure out, take all of the relationships you already have that you consider friendly and measure them against this. In this relationship with Carol, have I been patient? Have I been envious? Have I been protective of her? And measure your, instead of measuring your friends and how they measure up, God would call us first to measure ourselves and see where we are um, applying and exercising, where we're friending in this kind of a, a context. I'm going, I'm, yeah, you've inspired me to, you know, of course, the creative side of me just wants to go start drawing this out. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to illustrate this whole thing. I, I, it's a good just step back. Um, there's a couple of relationships that I'm like been, you know. Because, hey, we're human, right? And we just, not everyone's right. perfect. It's not, not every relationship is perfect all the time, right? Especially if we're always yeah. working on ourselves. So, yeah. um, well, and like I said, setting right expectations uh -huh. goes a long way. Yes. And knowing that your friends aren't perfect, I think is a great place to start, Tara. Shh, no, they're not perfect. Because we ain't perfect. I'm, we ain't perfect. No, exactly. Um, so, yes. Okay, so when does your podcast come out? Because I want to add it to my, you know, list. So yeah, so hopefully uh, the by the first of March Sweet. it will be up. We've done several episodes, just kind of working on some back end stuff. Listen, you can find it at hopeondemand.org, which is an incredible website for all things hope. So you know whether it's articles and blogs and podcasts and videos of uh, artists, um, there's just a zillion different things. If you're somebody that would love to to dwell on hope or needs hope, you know go to that website hopeondemand.org. Or is it hopeondemand.com? I think it's hopeondemand.com, actually. It's hopeondemand.org. Um, well, that's what you so said. So I've got, oh, who knows if I'm right or wrong. Okay, well, <laughs> y'all check know. it out either way. 
So, uh, and it may be both. Um, and there's two things that I contribute to that website. One will be the podcast, the art of friendship podcast. So look for that sometime in March. The other thing is because I just know the power of God's word to shape our thinking. Uh, and our self-view, and our view of the world, and our love for God. And so we also have a 365-day year in the Bible. And so you can subscribe, and every single day in your email, you'll get a short devotional, along with, like, if you want to read through the Bible, all, you know, four four passages to read, or you could just pick one. Um, But the goal is it'll encourage you to stay in the Bible, and then I write Mm -hmm. the devotional. It's short and um, helps you just put the Word of God in context to 21st century life as we know it. So anyway, I'd love for you to subscribe to that and um, maybe visit kimweir.com and um, you can follow up with me there. Look, she sounds like she knows what she's doing. I mean, she's been um, on the radio for however many years. All the questions I would have asked you, you've already told everyone where to go find you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love to connect with people and if I can encourage them or they can figure out a way to encourage me, bring it on. I'll take it. Heck yeah. I mean, we do need that encouragement when you're pouring out, you need people like, so you keep going. Cause otherwise you're like, that's where that loneliness, that's that little bit of loneliness after you've poured out and you're just, cause you've got to go get filled back up and you're like, wow, this is just too much. I'm just too tired. And then we get that, that simple little text message and it doesn't have to be a lot or that email that just said, you know, I appreciate what I, what you did today. And you're like, okay, fine. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. one person. I kind of go back to the beginning of that first Corinthians, right? You know, if I speak with the tongues of angels, but I don't have love, if, you know, if I have the gift of prophecy and all knowledge, but I have not love, if I could all move, have all faith, but move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. I gain nothing. You know, relationships are everything. It is what God put us on. So if we're so busy accomplishing, achieving, even if they're good things, and yet we have not love in the context of friendship, yep, it says we're nothing. Yes. We gain nothing. We have nothing. And so to be able to step back and say, yeah, all these things are important, but Jesus doesn't need me to change the world if I'm not even being obedient uh, on a personal level. So anyway, it's a, that for me is a great challenge because I have a tendency to want to just accomplish and achieve. So I'm preaching to the choir here uh, for all like, of you um, super busy women do, 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 over here. Uh-huh. That's me. Yeah. Okay. Me so really quickly, what, um, what are you reading right now? <laughs> well, I'm reading commentaries on the book of Matthew because um, I'm also a Bible teacher. And so we we are deep into the study of Matthew <clears throat> this year. And um, is it like so a anyway, little black, black book and it's like this thick? The commentary? Uh-huh. Oh, well, I've got a stack of commentaries. Okay. So, Nothing. Um, I'm just going to yeah, quiet now because my husband's too. reading the same sort of thing on Matthew. Oh, yeah. So such good stuff. And just trying to to glean out the few things. Um, I share the teaching rotation, thankfully with several teachers and new teachers. So I just want to encourage you guys out there, spread your wings, try things that are new. You know, we, we prayed for years that the Lord would raise up, you know, new teachers and younger teachers, you know, that, that there would always be a pipeline of people pouring into others, the word of God. And so we're excited that, um, this year has found us you know, with a couple of new teachers who are willing to just be vulnerable and try their hand at, at teaching God's word. And it's been a blessing and um, frees me up a little bit, but then I get to sit and soak it all up and listen to some of these younger women who've studied yes. and, and searched and learned and poured out what they're learning. So anyway, but for me, that's, that's what I'm reading. Um, I, I spend a lot of time um, previewing books for conversations that I'm going to have on radio. So I don't spend a lot of time just sitting and and soaking up an individual book. So just, yeah, it's one of those things that has to give. Okay. So, um, what are you reading? What are you reading? What am I reading? reading, Um, I just, uh, picked up, uh, well, okay. I'm reading three things right now, but that's because I'm in two Bible studies and one is screw tape letters, which my brain just, have you, I'm sure you've read screw tape letters Mm -hmm. and you're like, yeah, I totally get it. Um, Oh, but y'all it's a keep challenge. going. Take letters is supposed to be a challenge for everybody. I'm going after this to go read for an hour by myself quietly because there is no way to read that book without being quiet. So you can, God can go, this is what it's about. Because otherwise I want to throw <laughs> right. the book out You're the right. window. <laughs> and then, You're so right. And then um, I just picked up last night, um, Jesus, Jesus Over Everything by Lisa Whittle. So, okay, I don't um, know that one. Huh? 
You don't know I don't one? know that book. Okay, well, it hasn't come out yet. So, but it comes out on I think March 24th. So, I'm I'm reading that and I I love Lisa Whittle. Um I do you know Lisa? I think you would I enjoy don't. Lisa. Okay, well, I really think you I would don't. enjoy her and her teaching. So, you should go check up on her. Not that I'm being bossy or anything. I will. Hopefully the publicist will like you as hopefully the publicist will send it through my door with all the other books. So um, that is the joy of getting to do what we do, right? It's it getting is. the chance to really look it. at a I lot have, of that material. And I'm learning that I don't have to, um, cause you have this stack of book that people are like, Hey, will you read this book? And, and what a, it is a gift and what a joy. Like you're like, Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. You know, what an honor. And, um, <laughs> but I'm like, I feel bad if I don't read the whole thing, you know? And I'm like, it's, you know, I'm just learning to read differently now. And I didn't know there was a way to read differently now, but I'm like, um, just if I only read half, it's going to be okay. Right. I don't have to read the whole thing, but <laughs> well, I'm not a fast reader. Maybe like should preface that, <laughs> that I'm not. You the probably want to process and digest and that's yeah. the best way to read. Yeah. I, so I, it, it takes me a really long time to read. And if you, it, my real friends, my true friends, and and um, the ones that I'm around all the time know that like Tara is not a reader, and they'll be that recently they're like I can't believe they're sending you books to read, and I was like I am reading them now, people. I was like, <laughs> and I was like since I wrote a book, I feel like I have to read the books now, but I'm loving it, of course. And if I want to continue to grow and learn more about um, God, then besides being in His Word, which I've um, started doing the 365 days, which I've just, I've learned so much. And I, and the chapters that I'm on, of course, we're just in the beginning of the year, right? So you're in Exodus now. And uh, you're just like, all oh, these names and all of that kind of stuff and lineage. But I get all of it. I like understand so much more now. And so just being in the word and reading other people's thoughts. And like you said, having younger teachers come behind and teach. Um, like we all have different experiences, but there's a common thread in all of them. And so we can learn f so much from each other, the ones that have gone before us from their experiences and the ones that are coming up behind. And so we can learn from the older and we can learn so much from the younger. And mm. there's so much in the, we'd have no clue about, um, I mean, we can see what's happening with the younger generation um, and their relationships and how those are, I see it with my kids and how relationships are forming and it's so different than how we formed relationships. Um, and so I just um, love to hear their perspective on things. Um, so I, I do encourage anyone out there that is believing that lie that they can't share or they can't teach or they can't speak, that if you're having that little bitty thought about doing it, that then go do it and do whatever you need to, to learn. And it doesn't have to happen overnight. And it takes time and it's a process. But um, there's so much, there's, I think like for me, it was like I had to cut off so much from the world so that I, you can do those things that you want to do. Um, do you understand what I'm trying to say there? That Good wisdom, good wisdom, good yes. encouragement. Uh, I, I, you know, I think one of the struggles that we have is we look and we go, oh, I don't know, I've got no time and yeah. I would love to do that one day in the future. And, you know, the future is going to be here before you know it. And then right. you're going to be looking back going, oh, I wish I would have started. Um, and so to, to be in God's word and say, Lord, what, what dreams do you have for me? Mm -hmm. You know, I have, he says he has a plan for your future and that it includes a hope. And, um, you know, if your desire is to impact the world for the kingdom of God, God will honor that desire. But when you look at your schedule and it feels like, oh, I can't, you know, by the time we cut out the social media time that we spend, we cut out our favorite TV show that we do. Uh, not saying that you have to do those things. I'm saying if God's put a desire on your heart, yep. then he has also made the margin. Yep. You might just have to make harder choices. Yep. Um, and certainly I know that's true for me is that, you know, it, it everything is about choices. You know, it's, it's not always between bad and good. Sometimes it's between better and best. And so I'm with you. I, I, I say, follow what the Lord has called you to. And even if that means asking him, Lord, what do I set aside for now? Um, don't let it be your family. 
<laughs> that would be you, you probably want to keep them <laughs> no matter how much and they're keep driving cultivating you crazy. those relationships the friend keep cultivating the friendships exactly because exactly. they'll be the ones cheering you on through the whole process yes and they are the ones you're investing for so, um, and I think if I, if, you know, I know we're wrapping up, but the one that last thing I think I would leave on friendship, um, because I didn't say this before as clearly, um, if you're sitting at home and you're hearing that all of this is good and that's what I want, I want deep relationships. I want people to invest in, I want people to invest in me. And this all sounds so great. And it's amazing what friendships can do. Um, if you love all that and now you're just willing and you're waiting for somebody to knock on your door, you're going to be lonely a really long mm -hmm. time. Um, following the model, the biblical model of how Jesus friends means this go first. Mm -hmm. He chose us before we chose him. Friendship is about initiating. It's about you not thinking about how do I get what I want, but how do I give what others need? Go first. If you can cultivate a go first mentality, if you're worried that there's no room for you in that particular group and you've always wanted to be in it, right, give it up, go find somebody else who you think desperately needs a group desperately needs someone to love them in the model of Jesus love. The whole point of this is that we might show the rest of the world what God's friendship looks like. That is a high calling. It's more than just somebody to go to the movies with or somebody to make you feel good about yourself or somebody to share with. The calling, the spiritual calling of friendship is like the spiritual calling of marriage. It is meant to show the world something about who God is. Marriage to show the relationship between Christ and his church and the way he laid down everything for them. Friendship is literally supposed to be a picture to the rest of the world of the kind of friendship God offers. Go ye, initiate, go first, and make that a reality for somebody else. Okay, y'all. So we're going to end on that because I could sit here and talk to Kim forever about all of this. I love relationships and I love cultivating relationships. I love gathering people. That's my favorite thing to do. So um, I loved visiting with you, friend. And, oh, me too. Um, Next, we should plan a book signing at the Pie Haven. Okay, but we can talk about that Aww. after that we get off the phone. <laughs> you're so fun. Well, you're a delight to talk to. And I'm, I hope this is the start of a friendship. Thanks oh, for wanting to spend time with me. Sure. Thanks, Kim. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Bye.